0: Everyone, welcome to this new episode of Carolyn Talks. I'm your host Carolyn Heinz, film critic and journalist, and this is the podcast slash YouTube channel where I speak to film creatives about their work, the industry, and what inspires them. And today, I'm joined by director filmmaker Christian Mercado to talk about his new his feature film debut, "If You Were the Last," which premiered at the 2023 South by Southwest Film Festival. And I love this film. I love this that is two different styles of filmmaking, and it's very retro, very nostalgic. Give me all the late eighties, early nineties But the, oh wow, videos. I was born in nineteen eighty three. I'm aging myself, but I'm like, yes, this is my childhood right here in Essence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk a bit yeah. about that. But before we get to the film, I'd like to have my guests say a bit about themselves and what got them in, um, the, along their career path. So for you, Christian, mm-hmm. what did you, what inspired you to become a filmmaker? Or I should say, um, like you started out as you started out doing um, music videos. You worked with people like Bad Bunny. I saw you worked with um, Aida <laughs> um, Ada Martinez uh, for her stand-up...
1: Uh, Is it Martinez? Rodriguez. Oh, Rodriguez, yeah. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Ada, I don't no, know why I no. say Martinez. Ada Rodriguez for her stand-up comedy, Fighting Words, which I actually saw. And I actually interviewed her for afghan And I love her stand-up comedy because she talked a lot, a lot about her Dominican... Um, her heritage <laughs> in, from the Dominican yeah. Republic. So, like, it was great to see that you actually worked on her stand-up company because it was great staging and everything so first so like talk about your path and how you uh, how you came to be where you are today
1: oh wow that's a deep question um I was always around like film I think like film is um I think a big love language within my family like um we've always had like ups and downs in my family but I think films always brought us together and like um my uncle was like kind of like I always say he's the king of bootlegs of Puerto Rico. He used Yay, to like, <laughs> have so many uh, tapes and he would do like movie nights where it would be like, oh, vampire night or horror night or robot night. And then, I think growing up with that at an early age, kind of like I kind of always associated film with love and, um, And it became kind of like a love language. So I think it always, like, became something that I was always drawn to or it always became a part of my life. And when I'm up, I need a film. When I'm down, I need a film. Um, I look at, like, uh, theaters, like, they're my church, sort of, you know. So, like, um, but then getting into it is, like, its own process. And I kind of, I've always been, like, an artistic inclined person so i would illustrate draw build things film do experiments and over time that all accumulated to like filmmaking in some ways so like um it's just a vibe you know like it's just kind of like it's kind of like i was always drawn and moving towards it
0: Mm, yeah first of all shout out to bootleg dvds vhs (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. cassette tapes. that's how it is in the caribbean we get to see most really films is. and Super tv shows by bootleg the bootleg guys yeah. were like were
1: like the real OGs. yeah one hundred percent it was like he had a massive collection where he would just have like so many cool films and sometimes the tape would have like three movies on it yes. sometimes <laughs> it wouldn't be labeled so you would be like put in a movie and then like discover what the movie is as you're watching it mm-hmm. so there's always an element of surprise and we were, were big blockbuster people, too, so we would always, like, do the, the renting, like, four different movies and having, like, movie night all weekend and making popcorn, and it was, it was it was a great feeling.
0: Yeah, that's the same. It was the same for us, but in Barbados, we didn't have bootleg. We had a, um, not bootleg. We didn't have blockbusters. We had a company called Chubbies, so it was Chubbies videos oh, we would cool. go to, and, like, my brother would take, uh, my twin sister and I, he's, like, 10 years older, so, like, every friday every friday evening he would take us to the video store and to have us each select two tapes so cool And he would pick his own tape and for the whole weekend that's what we would watch right and we would make it it was like a family tradition so we let like, me share that in common because that's how i fell in love with film
1: yeah and, like
0: tv shows especially i think a lot of action film I have a lot of sci-fi and action that a lot of our oh, stuff yeah
1: is. i love sci-fi and action i mean i like right. the- genre agnostic is what i say like where i think all film is valid so like you know there's definitely an audience for every film to some degree mm-hmm. you know like like i love sci-fis i like sci-fi just because it always gives you like a, a perspective about what's happening in the future and like or uh, a window into another world or a possibility so there's something beautiful about that
0: yeah, and that's actually a perfect um segue to our to our discussion of if you were the last, because this is in its essence a sci-fi film at the beginning. You know, it's about this, it's about these two astronauts who are essentially stranded in space on a shuttle uh, orbiting Jupiter and Saturn. And they've been up there for going on over three years. And just to think about being stranded uh-huh. on a space shuttle for three years is literally a nightmare as something i would i could not deal with i maybe like grew up watching films like alien and like no like no mm-mm. so for for in, in the, <clears throat> and the interesting thing about this film is it's sci-fi because it's talking about space travel it's talking about all of the things that go along with that the technology which i thought was interesting because the concept for this segment of the film is very retro you know Um, Mm. Like the decor is like late, I would say late 60s, early 70s mod (laughs) century. But the consoles for the panels for the for the equipment is very much like Nintendo, you know, like the early Nintendo um, game console. So talk first about working with the with the um, with the production designing team and the costume designers working the visual aesthetic because that's not I wasn't expecting that aesthetic for the film at all. And I loved it. It was just like, yes, you got the little Nintendo ha- hand consoles <laughs> as a as a controls for the for the for the spaceship.
1: You know, it's uh, I guess it's just inspired by like those feelings that I had about all those retro sort of mediums. And um I also like the idea of seeing space in a way that you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Like I think we we've, we've all seen a spaceship, so we all know what that feels like, at least in media. And um, it was cool to kind of come up with a different take on it. Like, oh, what's a completely off the wall, like, vibe on this? And I think it works. Like, I think it kind of, like, creates, like you said, like, this retro feeling, but also, like, contemporary somehow, like, but it's it's its own thing. And then, like, there's something nostalgic about those old game consoles that feels like it also, like, felt futuristic, but yet not, you know? And, like, um, there's a warmth to it, you know? Yeah. Anything, uh, Anytime something's analog, it feels warm, you
0: know? Yeah, it's true, because it's more tactile. And I think the design for this, it kind of works for, for this film in particular, because film and um, space and, like, sci-fi films and shows, um, especially those that have, like, kind of, like, depressing themes – they're yeah. always very clinical in design, you know? It's always oh, grays yeah. and whites and blacks and looking very sterile sterile, and yeah. just like cold and isolating. But in this environment, like it's very warm and inviting. It feels like a home. It feels like a spaceship that was made wow. to be built in. And I love that because the way the characters, Jane and Adam, played by um, Anthony Mackie and Zoe Shaw, like they, they're having some really intense discussions, but in very fun ways. And it suits the atmosphere that the production team and that you have designed. And I love that. It's so fun. For goodness, we've got chickens roaming around (laughs) and a goat. Right. So to me, I'm just (laughs) like, I love that it's so warm and inviting.
1: Yeah. That actually reminds me of the Caribbean a little bit too, because the goats and the chickens are like, I really identified with that a lot actually Mm -hmm. in the film and in the script. I remember going, Oh man, I was always around goats and chickens and like, I understood like how that works in some ways you know like where it's like they kind of even though like sometimes you're you're you know they could be your stock but they could also be like in a weird way like your pets you know and yes. that's like you know you can build a relationship with like a goat you know over the over time and you know it recognizes you recognize it um but yeah no i appreciate that that's really cool i'm glad that you can kind of see all the beauty of that uh, production design and the way it was put together, and that yeah, it's a color. It's a very colorful film. I'm a colorful person. Like I feel like I'm not trying to shy away from color. Like I think <clears throat> I feel like I I like the idea of pushing the boundaries of like what a film's color palette can be. You know, not be limited by one color palette, but rather embrace that it can constantly be shifting colors and introducing new colors and new moods and new feelings and connecting those things to where their characters are at in their brains and their their mind and yeah they talk about a lot of serious things yeah i mean it is like kind of low-key uh there's some real stakes in this movie emotionally that drives the story and i uh but there's like such a warmth to that and it doesn't feel it feels tender still you know
0: yeah, no, it's and that's what I love a bit about it because, like, usually when people it's usually the, this whole conversation of if you were the last person on earth, what yeah. I see you and that kind of stuff, and usually it's delivered yeah. in, like a fun game, but for these two people, it's literally a, a it could be a matter of life and death because, like, for the conversation that they part of the conversation they have, they list three reasons, I like for the third reason is, um, is for Jane, like, if she becomes pregnant, and for her, that could potentially be a life and death situation because they don't have. Um they don't have a medical um uh, professional yeah. or like that person yeah. is gone. They don't have any antibiotics. And she has to consider all of the all of the ramifications of possibly becoming yeah. pregnant, you know, and like there's health concerns and like
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. women being being pregnant is a very dangerous, um, uh, is something that's very dangerous and something that isn't to me acknowledged in film, but you in a very, I think in a very subtle way acknowledge that. And in the writing by um by yeah. the writer, I want to make sure I say her name correct. Mm-hmm. um angela bus Burasa,
1: yeah, burasa
0: yeah uh, like she, i think her writing is very smart and very funny and witty but also uh, very deep and like those things like talking about the possibility of pregnancy you know and the ramifications uh-huh. of that and the health concerns of being stranded in space for uh-huh. for years so the whole i the whole debate of if you were the last doesn't really have to do with sex, you know. It has to do with if you're the last person that I have an intimate conversation with, you know. If if you're the last person to ever get to dance with, if you're the last oh. person to ever get to share a meal with, and I yeah. love how those kind of conversations come about.
1: Oh wow, you yeah, you totally got the film like that's totally on the nose right there. Like it it is about those things, those little moments that add up and make a relationship so special, or make anything special, or living a life, you know. Like whether it be like sharing this meal. It's like, there is like, the question about sex is there, but like, it's actually way deeper than just the sex. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, and so when you're in in the filming process, or even should say, not even just the filming, but in even the rehearsal process with um, Anthony and and Zoe, like what kind of conversations did the three of you have and with um, with the writer about these characters and how maybe perhaps their perception of the characters changed during rehearsal and during filming from what they had during, like perhaps during auditioning and then at the first at the beginning.
1: You know, it's interesting because I've talked to Angela a lot about the script and she's an amazing writer. Like Mm -hmm. I think the script is, it's just incredible. (laughs) I'm really lucky and fortunate that I got to direct it. And I, I think like in our conversations, I feel like, um, there was definitely a feeling of loss that I think you can kind of feel in the script. Like, like, you know, there's something that was lost. Right. And sometimes we lose things. And I felt like I related to that feeling a lot. And I was like, I lose things too. I mean like me and Angela really cl- clicked on that level about like, Oh, we've gone through, we've gone through these like hard periods of our lives where we lose things. But yet. <clears throat> we don't let it like consume us in a way that like it's like, oh, like we try to find the joy you know the joy in that moment and um and it's a it's a practice and a discipline it's not easy um and so when I was working with the actors on the script, I think we read it together multiple times, we rehearsed it, we did table reads we uh we really focused a lot <clears throat> when I was breaking the script down on, like, what the emotion of the moments are, like, what's the emotion of this scene, like, where are the characters emotionally? That was really the biggest question I've said always, like, like, where are these two at this point in time in the story? Like, are they more friends? Are they more, like, you know, are they, is there a distance? Are they close? You know, like, how would you feel about this uh, moment if this was happening, like, for real? Like, if you were, like, Losing your best friend, or giving up on your best friend, or or trying to stay with your best friend—like these moments are so real for some people. And I was just like, really, really trying to like get that to feel as real as possible. And I think because uh, the set was really kind of like a very vulnerable, open, like kind of conversational set where we can kind of just have like deep conversations in the middle of. <laughs> filming and be like hey like what does how does this feel um it allowed us i think to tap into some very real things
0: yeah and in talking <laughs> about real like I've got, i i want to talk about some i want to talk about some of the topics that they discuss and one of the first things that they do discuss like the film opens with them talking about the film the martian you know and about the <laughs> government, <laughs> government spending a, a trillion dollars to save this one man from Mars um, from, <laughs> from being stranded on Mars and at first it's a very co- it seems like a very com- comical conversation and it's interesting because you're setting their world in ours like they like it like you're referencing yeah. real life things like the film yeah. like the Martian the book and playing music by people like Kenny Rogers Dolly Parton you know yeah. like, you know Richie and so like I love that they pop
1: culture pop culture
0: Exactly, I love that they exist in our world and it's not kind of like a future or alternate reality yeah, kind of situation, all, it's very yeah. much in ours. So that there's that, but then I I love how, because it's kind of like me, I'm the kind of person that's like, sometimes I think of one thing and then I start like thinking about like 10 or 20 different things and like it's a, a lot of them don't seem like to have correlation, but they do. So like this, in this conversation about the Martian, they're talking about the government spending a trillion dollars to save this man. Mm-hmm. and then they start talking about okay well they say will the government spend money to do the same for us are they sending anyone to look for mm-hmm. us and then the the conversation shifts about how um that money could be used to save like if it, if a trillion dollars is used to save one man like if you break that <coughs> down individually how much could that do to save however many people on earth you know yeah. and 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 um jane she breaks it down like she says okay like if you take a $1,200 out of a, a port and a portion it out $1,200 can mean the difference of life and death for a family, man. for a family, you know, for a person who is on house for a person who is sick. And I love that Angela put those kind of like mm-hmm.
1: situations
0: within the script, you know, cause she's making it real world. And it's not just about um entertainment, you know, like it's a funny yeah. conversation, but it really makes you think about the, how like, if, for, per chance, we're in this situation, what would you prefer? Would you prefer the government spend a trillion dollars to save you, or would you want it if they're going to save, like, <laughs> 1,200, 1,500, 200,000 people?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. There's always a little sugar, a uh, little medicine in the sugar, is what I call it, right? You, like, it's nice. I mean, I think her style of writing is just, like, really cool in that it just has a really cool tone, but it also, like, it's so subtle, but mm-hmm. so well done, and, like, yeah, she's, she just writes in a really special way. I would say, like, because I, I feel yeah, those conversations, the banter, the joy, feel the the characters feel so alive.
0: They do, and another thing, I and mean, something literally just popped to my head. Like, we could also think about how studios spend hundreds of millions of dollars to produce a film like The Martian, but your film is essentially the same thing. It is in essence where it's talking about people who are stranded in space and like, is the government going to spend ho- ho- however much money <laughs> to save these people? And you're like, your budget your is an independent film, but you got the same, uh, this, you got the same um, discussions about world politics, your politics about uh, finances, you know, about loneliness and feeling isolated from uh, your loved ones and all of that. And like, and it's much more colorful. <laughs> and we have more than just Matt Damon. Sorry, Matt, but anyway, <laughs> but you know, so it, 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 that thought just occurred to me just like, And in this one, we have fun chickens and a goat. (laughs) Uh, So so talk about a bit about how the film also explores um, loneliness. How even in space where there's these two individuals, like they have companionship, they have a friendship, they get along extremely well, but you can still feel lonely, you know? (laughs) Like they're still missing home. And I think, and this is, I I talk about this often, but I can't help it because I'm an immigrant, but it's just like where you, you... as long as you're away from home, you always feel some kind of disconnect, even if you're surrounded uh, by your own family members, if you're surrounded by friends, even if you're in, in, a, in a colorful, fun environment where you you have like food, water, shelter, but you still feel isolated and alone and you still feel fear.
1: Yeah, uh, just so I get it, like, the question, what was the question? Um,
0: talk about how like the film explores those concepts of feeling oh, right right isolated, right. even when you aren't physically alone. Oh, yeah. I feel like, um,
1: yeah, people don't talk about loneliness enough, like, in general, and, like, probably don't speak on, like, what that does or how that feels. and Or, or just the fact that sometimes just feeling seen is such a big yeah. part of life. Like, I think that's such a, a big part of the equation of love in some yeah. way. Like, I think when you feel truly seen... And when somebody really, really sees you, it's, like, vulnerable. And it's also scary. Like, sometimes we don't want to be seen, <laughs> you know? Like, you, you're almost, like, too... It almost feels like being naked, you know? You're like, oh, I'm I'm being... Showing you too much. Or you're seeing too much of me. And you want to hide a little bit of that, you know? But But I feel like that's part of the magic of love, I guess. Like, finding that moment and... You know the the world can be a lonely place, yeah, and isolation can do a lot to you, you know, and in those moments, I think once you find that like the joy or that moment that you hold on to somebody and you know it sometimes if it clicks right, it feels like you don't have to be alone in the world, you know, and like that's a magical feeling, I think you know, like I believe in that feeling a lot, I believe that uh <clears throat> that we are like a community that people people want to like connect with others you know that we crave connection and that like it's an important part of human existence to connect with other people you know and um i think there's beauty in that
0: yeah there is there's there's, a, there's a beauty in, uh, in being understood mm-hmm. and i think that's something that jane and adam <laughs> exemplify like they've had time to get to know each other you know like they have nothing but time to get to know each other they play games and they play these games you, we learn. We, the audience, also learn who they are. We learn that um, Adam likes old school music. He likes oldie-goldies. He likes <laughs> old country music, you know. But yeah, still somehow he doesn't like Dolly Parton. Make it make sense? But you know, he uh, likes yeah. the old classic films like Casablanca, you know. And and for and for Jane, she likes like Kenny Roth. She likes like um, Leonard Richie. She loves Dolly Parton, and she loves action films like Alien. And but I think. Beyond that, we get to see how the intimacy that they grow and it's not like romantic intimacy or sexual intimacy, but it's just uh, an intimate friendship like they're like they became soulmates, you know, like they have these dancing sessions, which I think are like beautifully choreographed and filmed and shot and acted where like we get to see who they really are you know this is whatever differences they have it's kind of like oh you know there are couples who say never go to bed angry for them it's like <laughs> no matter what disagreements we have we at the end of the day we have to dance at least we act, we have yeah. to do something before we go to bed but uh-huh. i want you to talk about those scenes because i love the dancing scenes because each one is like a different genre you know
1: yeah i love dancing i dance a lot myself like i love to dance like i feel like you communicate a lot through dancing like mm-hmm. Like the body moving, and like it's like an unspoken, like there's a language happening when you dance, and uh, and it brings a lot of joy too, you know. And I think in this film, I think the dancing is kind of an extension of their relationship. A lot of times, like you just like when you see their dances without saying too much, it's like you know where they're at in their relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. like oh, this is where we're going, this is what we're at emotionally so i think like the dancing is not just dancing but it's actually like narratively driven you know like it's like not just dancing for the sake of dancing it's like this is dancing that moves the story forward you know and it's like kind of beautiful actually like it's cool to have sequences like that in a film that are fun and cool and interesting but also like push the story forward you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah i kind of see that kind like, to me, dancing is a conversation because I love dancing, you know, and, like, dancing, you you can, I think you can learn a lot about people through their dancing, and, like, you learn a lot about people through their yeah. music, same thing as learning people about people through their music choices and their movie choices, you know, yeah, and the film yeah. kind of has all of these different modes of communication, which I think is lovely, you know, like, um, and it kind of flips gender norms as well in, like, the sense that Adam is, like, he has the green thumb, you know, he loves animals he loves the plants and he talks to them like i talk to my plants i my my plants in my house have names and i talk to them Uh (laughs) and he does that you know he talks to these things and he cares for them and for and for jane she's the technical one you know she's the one that flies that she's the she's the pilot for the ship you know Mm -hmm. she's more um a bit more analytical in her thoughts where he's more emotionally driven and i think there is an interesting thing where for them like the the conversation whenever they talk about going home or being found or being saved like he's adamant that they're not going to be saved you know he's adamant that they're not going back home and that that being stranded in space is it where she's just like always trying to go home always trying to communicate
1: to go home uh, there's something interesting about like they definitely have kind of an opposites attract sort of thing going on a bit but like I like that they challenge the what you typically would see in a rom-com, I think, as, like, the mm-hmm. relationship dynamics. Like, the relationship dynamics between the two is very, very different and very um, dynamic, I think, in a different way, like, in a way that I haven't seen before, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and because chemistry plays such a big part in how these um, characters interact, and, again, it's not just sexual chemistry, but they have to start they start as friends you know like they yeah. have like a true friendship and they are they're true best friends and mm-hmm. like they know they have no one else to rely on so because of this chemistry and because of this development that these two characters have what was the casting process like and then what was it about anthony mm. and zoe that you saw that made you that made that made oh, you yeah. these are this is jane and adam
1: they're both great actors they're both like really well like amazing theater trained actors you know like they have this theatrical background that I loved because there's something about this film that has, <clears throat> in terms of process, it felt like doing theater, you know, like we were just like in a, you know, a warehouse box with this ship that we made ourselves that became our set. It's a two-hander. It's just really living and dying on their performances. So like once that had, I feel like once I saw them talking to each other, I was like, oh, I could see this working. Like, I could imagine it in a way. Like, I could see the whole film almost. The minute I saw them interact, I was like, oh, this is going to work. Because, like, they already have, like, a dynamic that I felt that I could only see growing through the process. So, and I think, like, uh, Anthony Mackie is just an amazing, talented actor who has, like, such a wild range that... I think it's underutilized like he doesn't get like like put on to the roles that I think mean, he could do so much and I don't think people see that and I felt I wanted to see him take on this role cuz it's so different from anything he's done before but I also <clears throat> with Zoe I also feel like she has like a very powerful like quality to her acting and performance-wise that I was just, like, blown away by that I wanted to see sparkle on camera. And I felt like once you put them together, it's, like, undeniable that there's, like, uh, something that's so joyous to see about them interacting.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And with regards to Anthony, yeah, this is the first time I've seen him in a role like this in a very, very long time. And, it like, we, and like, because, like, he's been stuck doing... <laughs> Marvel for how many years now, and this is the first time in a really long time I we got to see him be endearing and be funny and be smart and even get to sing, you know. And he and he's awkward and shy. Like his this character is very layered and nuanced. Both of them are very layered and nuanced because we get to see them be afraid, and uh, you know, like I think for I think for um, for uh, Adam in particular, like his adamant that they're not going to be saved and go back to home has I think a lot of it has to do with being afraid. You know, he's mm-hmm. afraid to hope. You know, he's afraid to, to have, to give yeah. in to hope and then be disappointed. So he's just like, he's like, I'm going to be in denial. I'm just going to be, I've, I've, I've accepted the fact that we're going to be floating through space till we die. Because if we, if I, if I begin to hope, Aww. if I lose it, I might, he, he might, he might even, he might have a breakdown. I'm like, they've been holding strong for three years. and He's like, I can't do it. Whereas for, um for, um for Jane, zoe so she's she's so funny and she's so smart and she's so um personable you know like she's like mm-hmm. she you go you would have the thought you know if i have to be stranded in space i want to be stranded with someone like that that's me mm-hmm. i'm like you know like have someone who's willing to play games and dance and 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 also be, be honest because i okay. love that this film does not go into the thro- tropes where they hide things from each other if something happens they immediately tell <laughs> someone you know because there's a trope especially in sci-fi something happens like you know, they don't they don't hide they don't tell people important things like someone gets a cut they're like i'm gonna hide the cut because like this is just a cut. I'm like no you're stuck in space if you if you end up getting infected and it has to get amputated this is ah, a problem but we don't yeah, fall into yeah. that
1: true <laughs> yeah no totally i was definitely like um like aware and like i felt like anytime you can challenge a trope that's a good thing like like breaking things down that way or looking at it From a completely different perspective, you know, I think in this film, we constantly do that in good, exciting ways. So to me, that was super, super fun and satisfying. Like, I love that feeling of like, whether it be their dynamic, the setting, um, yeah, like anything, like just challenging the trope, you know, was nice, you know, and constantly trying to do that.
0: Yeah, there's I I honestly can't say if there's anything in this film that is actually predictable because uh, and that's always a joy for I me. I love that, that I, I, I love,
1: love that.
0: Yeah, there's nothing that I would say, oh I call I I watch this and I call that this was gonna happen. I'm like, no, I like, I like that when I when I can't or even if I think something that's gonna happen, it doesn't happen in the way that I thought it was gonna happen, you know? And even right up until the end, I'm just like I love that. And um, we're going to wrap up now, but I want to know, like, what was one of your favorite aspects of filming, of filming mm-hmm. if you were the last, you know, like, what was your favorite like thing about either working with the cash or the crew, or like maybe your, perhaps your favorite scene.
1: Oh, I mean, wow. Being on set is just a joy and a pleasure and a privilege. And like, <coughs> there's so many things that so many days that I was, i oh, sorry. So many days that I was just so okay. like full of joy and like having like amazing time with people that I think will always be part of my life on some level or I hope so (laughs) and I also like just feel like yeah there's a magic that happens in film Mm -hmm. there's a magic that uh I love community like I say that a lot but it's true like and filmmaking ultimately is community and I think the filmmaking process is a community driven process you know and so I think my favorite thing about it was just like Uh, Being able to share these moments uh, with that community and also um, I think just having that feeling of being part of something special that I felt a lot of the crew members felt at some points, you know, like sometimes you go into like, I think as a crew member, you probably jump on a job, not quite sure what you're signing up for to some degree, like you might read the script, but you don't know what's going to happen once you get on set. Um, but I felt like in a real genuine way, people would elevate the work because they would see how important it was at the time, you know, like something like, oh, something's clicking. Like, this is a special moment that, like, I don't know, like, you know, I feel like certain crew members, it almost felt like, oh, I don't know if this type of project will come again this, it's the same way. And there's such a joy and a magic here. And they were so excited about the film themselves. And I like that feeling, like the ability to like ignite a passion in somebody, you know, and I think like I hope I hope that that uh, it makes people who watch the film also feel that passion where they like watch it and they they feel invigorated or they feel joy or they feel what they want to share with a loved one, you know. So that's my my deepest hope for the
0: film. Yeah, I hope so too. I have fun with it and it's definitely rewatchable because I think another thing about the film is like there's so much to look up to look at, right? And there's there's um like there's a transition in the film that I thought was beautifully um executed where they try where they um you know it goes from the I think almost like this it's almost like they're in a dream, you know, kind of yeah. like is is this a fantasy and like now they're uh now they're approaching reality and like the the fantasy and the story. And it starts to slip away, and now they have to face reality. So I love that. It's not a spoiler, but I love that particular transition. And again, mm-hmm. I thought it was another unique aspect of the film too, because that's also something that's um very unexpected and unpredictable. And mm-hmm. so I, I I hope that you have a, a a career that is like that. You know, is colorful and unpredictable, and you get to continue to do whatever you do. Because this honestly, uh, I think this is this film is a joy. Honestly. Oh, thank
1: you. Yeah, I hope that I think that's yes colorful and unpredictable from the colorful and unpredictable mind of christian mercado you know like comes (laughs) that'll be the vibe yes for sure i can't
0: wait to see what you do next thank you so much for taking the time for speaking with me oh thank
1: you so much thank you so much for like enjoying the movie and like uh yeah being here as well and talking about it i love this so thank you so much
0: thank you yay i wish i was in austin but alas i'm here in cold toronto (laughs)
1: Uh, no worries. We appreciate it. I mean, it's, the weather here is like all over the place. It's like cold yesterday, hot today, so. I
0: don't know. I've seen my friends there walking around in shorts. I'm like, you lucky. I'm like, you guys are so lucky. I'm ah, wearing ah, boots and jackets and they're always, like, walking around in
1: shorts. Sh- day. It's <laughs> like, a good day for shorts. Have you them? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <I'm jealous>.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Thank you, Christian. Really
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Have a good one. So, everyone, that was another episode of Caroline Talks for the 2023 South by Southwest Film Festival. And in this episode, I spoke to filmmaker Christian Mercado about his film, If You Were the Last, starring Anthony Mackie and Zoe Shout and written by Angela Barasa screen in the narrative feature program and i really enjoy this film it's so unexpected things like the set design the costume design as well as the vfx and certain aspects of the film that i'm not, i don't want to spoil too much but there's there's parts of the film where it looks animated and it looks like paper mache you know like those little, those replicas that we would make in science class you know of the of this the planets and of space, and like you know, toys, paper mache toys, and that kind of stuff. So, it was really cool and it's cute and it's very different. But the film is also very deep because it talks about friendships between men and women and just friendships in general, and about loneliness and um what and the expectations that we have for each other as partners, as friends, as love interests, as well as crewmates, and also about learning to accept life and to. Learn how to let it go to let go and accept the inevitability of life, you know, like the circle of life. I'm not gonna break out into a song. But it's it's really good, and I hope a lot of people see it when it does get released. Thank I have to thank Christian again for talking to me and like much congrats to him and to Angela and to Anthony and Joey and to the whole cast and everyone who works on this film. Everything about it is worth it and is worth seeing, and I just love it. It was very unexpected. And you can find other episodes of carolyn talks um on but .net, as well as on aks and on whatever podcast streaming platform you're finding this on you can find the video versions on my youtube channel that's youtube.com slash at symbol carolyn underscore heinz that's h-i-n-d-s and um you can find interviews that i've been doing with AFCA, which is african-american film Critics association where we speak to black film and television creatives in the industry you can go to my r3 page dot Slash Carolyn Hines and find all of my published work and links to the podcasts and the YouTube channels as well. So you can find my film reviews, film analysis, interviews, and profiles. And um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok because I do many vlog reviews of films that I screen here in Toronto at my handles at Carrie CNH 12. That's at C A R R I E C N H 12. You can also usually find my most recent postings in my pinned tweets there as well. And um, I think that is it. (laughs) So until the next episode of Karen and Tosser's Here's What Happened podcast, everyone stay safe. Bye.